0: Hi and welcome back. We are in part four of Live Your Calling, a 40-day journey where you and I are discovering together how God has called us to live, how God has called us to live. And in our calling, we are finding significance and identity and answers to so many questions right there as we understand our calling. Okay, allow me to uh, invite our speaker for this morning. It is the Spirit of God who speaks to you even though you are far away from me and my words are just help but his spirit actually changes your life so let me invite him this morning father in heaven thank you so much for the holy spirit the spirit of god that is present and available always ready for us to change for us to live our life to us for us to be bold for us to be courageous for us to get through the challenges of our life thank you jesus for the spirit of god that you sent just 50 days after you left this earth Thank you that you kept your promise. And because you're a promise-keeping God, thank you that the promise that you yourself are going to come back will soon come to pass. Lord, till then, we want to live our calling and we want to be do it well. Lord, give us instruction. Open our eyes. Help us understand. Give us wisdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So let's dive straight into this is part four and if you have the notes that's great if not there's a there's a link in the bottom of the comment section there you could just download that and make sure that you have the notes and you can fill it out as we go along isn't that fantastic that's great and i hope that sometime you'll feel the urge to write into me text me tell me you exist tell me what you're going through tell me what i can pray for because that's what I'm here for, that's why we are family, all right? So uh, hang in there, let's dive in. Number four, part four is live your calling. What What on earth am I here for? Why did God put me here? Well, you are called to become. You are called to become. Now, before you become, you need to know that you are loved. After being loved like a child, like a baby born into a family, you need to learn that you belong to a family. Who's mommy? Who's daddy? Who my sisters? Who my brothers? What do I need to do? Which part of the role do I play in this family? What, what, who am I in this family? And who am I to the world because of this family? You are loved, but you also belong. And last time we talked about belonging, that we are called to belong to each other, to belong to God. Today, once you understand that you are loved and that you belong, you are now able to ask the question, what am I supposed to do? And here's the answer. God wants you in your calling. What is a calling? It's it's God's five purposes. It's got, it's used 10 times more than the word purpose in 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 the Bible actually. Calling, it's five God's five missions or God's five assignments or God's five God's five call his calling on your life, right? So, here it is. Romans chapter 8 verse 28. We know that God causes he's almighty and he makes things happen in his favor towards his purposes. We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose, called purpose, called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance. He knew who would believe in him. He knew those who will come back to him. He know, knew those who will subscribe to his plan for their life and not just go off on uh, deciding their own plan, deciding their own gods, deciding their own destiny. For God knew his plan. He knew his newest people in advance and he chose them. Here, here it is. He chose them to become like his son. To become like his son. So that his son would be the firstborn with many brothers and sisters. Remember family? So Jesus was sent as a son. God sent as a son so that he may be the older brother that everybody else could become like. Now I have to tell you something that happened a long time ago. When Adam was created, he was created perfect. He was the first man. Adam and Eve were created in the very image of God. They were created into a beautiful relationship with God and they were created holy and perfect. But Adam chose the option of being able to sin. He wanted to do wrong. He wanted the option of being able to do wrong. But the problem with that one decision was that as soon as he did wrong, the Bible says in the day that you sin, you will surely die. He said that to Adam. And as soon as he sinned, Adam was disconnected from God. He was separated from God. He died a spiritual separation, a spiritual death from God. Now, the problem is one man disobeyed. And because of that one man, death happened and death came into the world. Now everyone who's born of Adam is born dead to God. <laughs> yeah. Everyone who's born of Adam, born of the seed of man, is born dead to God. So through one man's disobedience, death came. And because of death, everyone is born dead. And now that everyone is born dead, everybody sins. So sin led to death, which led to many deaths, which led to more sin. And this just multiplied as more and more children were born. Everybody was born dead to God. And therefore by their life and calling, they were separated from God. How do they know who they are and what they're supposed to do with their life? They began to have their own gods. They began to have their own definitions. They began to have their own uh, prescriptions for life and for joy and for significance. You can imagine well what what man did with that. But God in his grace sent a seed... A person, a child born of a woman so that he may take on the form of a man yet not be a child of Adam and therefore bypass and circumvent that death, that sin that came through Adam. And this Jesus was born of Mary, born immaculate in conception and and he was holy. He was God. He is God. So this new Adam was Jesus and now god calls us having been born of adam to be born again through christ by placing our faith in jesus because it is a spiritual act it is done by faith i repeat because it is a spiritual act it is done by faith and by faith when we trust christ we are born of christ and therefore born of christ we are now the uh, we are now the inheritors of life those born of Adam are inheritors of death because he was separated from God. So if death means separated from God, life would then mean togetherness with God, fellowship with God, right? So you can't go to a dead person separated from God and expect that person to give you spiritual life guidelines. Expect those people to give you definitions of who God is. They don't know who God is. Just like a dead person is completely separated from this world and cannot experience or ex- or, or communicate, People who are dead to God have no right and cannot Oh, they cannot tell you what God is like. So God has to send Himself, God has to Himself come in and, and tell you what He's like. And He did that through Jesus. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He is the He's the one who explains the unseen God to us. He's the one who calls us into a new life with Christ uh, in Him. So He becomes the firstborn of that kind of uh, a life. That, 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 that family. So here it is. I explained that to you. You can go over it again if you need to, but this is what it is and God has called us in Christ to be born into this new calling to become like Jesus we are like Adam but he wants us to become like Jesus our big brother in that sense so in Christianity we talk about being born again because we were born of Adam and that's what we inherited flesh and blood separated from God defiant and non-compliant And in Christ, we are born of God, loving him in fellowship with him, compliant, obedient and submissive to his plans. That also makes us uh, qualified for all the blessings that we have in Christ. So in life, in life, my calling is to become like Christ. Write it down. In life, my calling is to become like Christ. Who am I? I'm a child of God. What am I? I'm loved by God. Where am I? I'm in the body of Christ. I belong to the body of Christ. What should I do? I need to become like Christ. The goal of my life is to become like Christ. Now here are four simple tools I want to give you so that you can become like Christ. I can help you to become like Christ. I can guide you to become like Christ. But it's your personal commitment, desire and love for God that's going to get you there. Are you ready? Let's begin with number one. How do I become what God has called me to do? There's a book in the Bible called Hebrews and in chapter 12, it gives us a metaphor of an athlete. It gives us a metaphor of a a runner. And we're going to take our lessons from that one metaphor and from this chapter. We're going to work our way through this chapter, chapter 12. All right, write this down. The first thing you want to do as you become like Christ is to simplify your life, to simplify your life. Where do we get this? Look at what it says in the very first verse. It says in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1, let us strip off, let us strip off anything that slows us down, holds us back, especially those sins, you know, the ones that you get entangled in, you can't get out of, you can get bogged down with. It seems like you got the sin, but now the sin caught you, you know, that kind of thing uh, that wrap themselves so tightly around our feet and trip us up and let us run with patience. The particular race that God has set. Oh, there's so much in this verse. Let me share this with you. Okay. So Hebrews chapter 12 is a metaphor for life. It's a metaphor of, a, of an athlete. And as you can imagine an athlete getting ready to train, getting ready to run. No, you don't find this athlete just the scanning their bags, suitcases, wearing three sets of clothes all over them, hats and, and, and shawls and, and, and all sorts of things. No, you get, if you're getting ready to run, if you're getting ready to train, you strip off everything down to the bare minimum. Just modesty, bare minimum, and you are ready to run that race. You can't imagine anybody running with a suitcase. They're probably running for something or running from from something. God has called you to run a race. And once you understand that the calling is a race, then you will not carry unnecessary relationships, issues, baggage, Habits, patterns and these which are wrong in our life, they slow us down, they entangle us and they trip us up and we keep stuck, keep getting stuck in that and then we define ourselves by those very things that trip us. We are not defined anymore by the target, by what we're running for. I'm a 400 meter runner. I'm a 100 um, sprint runner. I'm a marathon runner. No, no. we we, We become shackled. We become tripped up with what our sin, with the wrong things we do. And therefore, we get stuck in that. And become identified by that. No, 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 no. Simplify your life. Strip off everything. Get rid of sins. Get rid of habits. Get rid of anything that might slow you down in the one thing that God has called you to live. People live for all sorts of reasons. People live for all sorts of people. You know, some are trying to please their loved ones. Some are trying to please their bosses. Some live to. To, to win the applause and win the, win the, the respect of, of, of man and of the world and of some industry that they are working for. We live for all sorts of purposes but God has called you to live for him and him alone to look at him and him alone, to hear from him and him alone. You are different. You are called out. You see what I'm saying? You're called out from the crowd, from the usual, from the run of the mill, from the world. You're called to be something different, something else. And that's obviously going to be confusing at times, sacrificial at times, and it's going to call you to think differently. And that's what I'm talking about. First and foremost, change your way of running. Run free travel light, travel light. Hebrews chapter 12, metaphor of a life race. This is what we are talking about this morning. Let me give you a second tool, a second tool. Don't get impatient, okay? Don't get impatient or be in a hurry. When you talk about becoming like Jesus, it is a life goal. It is a slow process. Consistency, it's a life goal. Consistency is the name of the game. That's what we are all about. Look at what he says here in the same verse, verse 1. Let us run with patience the particular race that God has set for us. See, there are others who want you to run their race. They want you to run in their game, in their race. They want to compete with you and you to compete with them. They want to compare with you and you to compare with them. They want you to trip up and they want you to fail so that they can look good. There are people who want you to run their race, but God has a race for you that's particular. And you cannot be in a hurry to accomplish this. This is slow and steady. He says, let us run with patience. You see that? Let us run with patience. Patience, the particular race that God has set for us. You see, becoming like Christ is essentially becoming mature, spiritually mature. You're born a baby into the family of God. But as you grow in the family of God, which is a spiritual family, you grow spiritually mature. And the spelling of maturity is T-I-M-E, time. You spell maturity with time. You have to decide, do you want this overnight or do you want it rock solid? Do you want a life, a maturity, a strength of character? Do you want, do you want growth? Do you want strength on the inside that can withstand storms, that can withstand uh, tragedies in life, because life's going to be hard. Do you want a, do you want a faith that's going to be able to weather the storms and get you through some hard times, to make you, make you strong towards the, the insults and the criticisms all around you. You want a faith that keeps you focused, that helps you to forgive, helps you to move on, doesn't get you cumbered up in, in all sorts of uh, and entangled in all sorts of people's affairs and people's emotions. No, no, no. You want a faith that is strong and that that takes time. It takes time to build such a faith. If you want a mushroom, God can grow a mushroom in six hours. If you want an oak tree, God takes 60 years. So with your faith like yours, do you want faith like a mushroom or do you want faith like an oak tree? That can stand the that stand the test of time. It can stand the torture of life and the difficulties that life will throw at you. Sometimes there are winds. Sometimes there are earthquakes. And sometimes there are natural disasters. You know life, and life is not simple. It wasn't meant to be because this is not the good part of your existence. This is the tough part. This is the part where God is making you like Christ. The good part's coming. Jesus says, one day I will come and I'll take you to be with me and you will be in heaven with me. And I'm preparing a place for you. And he says, I'm going to prepare such a place for you where you will be able to live happily for the rest of your life. The happily ever after is ever after. And you are called to live there. But now you are called to go through life strong. And it is your faith that gets you through that. So as you grow your faith, you become like Christ. You, your goal of your faith is to become like Jesus, to act like Christ, to think like Christ. And that doesn't happen overnight. So you need to be patient. First thing is simplify your life. Second thing is, uh, is, is don't get impatient. Don't get in a hurry because this is not going to happen overnight. A third tool, let me give you a third hint. Let me give you is spend time focusing on Jesus. Spend time focusing your eyes, focusing your attention on Jesus. What you value is probably what you have been giving attention to. If you stare at Christ, if you spend time with him, if you listen to him, if you hear enough from him, if you spend enough time with him, his voice and his wisdom will drown out the voices and the wisdom, the truth and the the untruths and the lies of this world. His truth will drown out the lies of this world. You'll be able to tell the genuine truth. In a, in a heartbeat. You'll be able to tell what's authentic in a heartbeat. You'll be able to know what God has called you to and you will not divert or deviate from your life's calling if you have been spending time with Christ. The only way you can know Christ is by spending time with him. That's not even out uh, an outlandish concept. It it's It's the same for any relationship. Spend time focusing on Jesus every day. Please look at verse 2. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. We do this. Do what? Simplify your life, being, uh, don't being, don't getting, not getting impatient. You know that kind of thing. Uh, running the particular race. How do we get this? How do we run our calling? How do we, how do we run our race by keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus? See the goal of this runner in this in this metaphor here. The goal of this runner isn't a finishing line. It's a person. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, on whom our faith depends from start to finish. That's verse 2. Let me also take you to another passage that says, it says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. All of us have had the veil removed so that we can be mirrors that brightly reflect the glory of the Lord. This veil, this veil that has been on our face blinded us or didn't allow us to see christ didn't allow us to see god has been removed so that we can see him and we can then mirror him face to face that brightly reflect the glory of god and as a result and as a result the spirit of god works within us look at what he says we become as the spirit of god works in us we become more and more like him so i spend time with jesus i be quiet in his presence long enough to hear him speak to me. I open his word and I let his word fill my heart. I let his word read me. I let his word become a voice to me. I read it out to me because faith comes from hearing. And as I do that, the Holy Spirit works in my heart. And as the Holy Spirit works in my heart, I become more and more like him. And I reflect his glory even more. His glory is his person. His glory is his magnificence. His glory is his patience. His glory is his strength. His glory is his wisdom. His glory is his eternal existence. And the more I look at him and I allow that that light to shine on me, I then begin to radiate that very same light. More Jesus, less Jeremy. That's me, Jeremy. More Jesus, less Jeremy. The most I spend time with Jesus, the more you get Jesus and less of Jeremy. The less I spend time with Jesus, the more you get of Jeremy, and that's no help, we all know that. So God wants us to fix our eyes on Jesus. He sent his son so that we can have a physical prototype, a human prototype of what God is looking for from a life that honors him. Let's do one more. When you go through this, and when Jesus is with you, and when you're learning and you got your eyes on Jesus, Things will still happen that are difficult. Life is not going to change and become a bed of roses. Life is not going to become a a holiday or a Disney World trip. It's going to be hard, just like for everyone else. It'll be hard for you. But you don't give up. Why? Because when life gets hard, you remember the reward. You remember the outcome. You remember why you're doing this, why you're gritting your teeth and getting through this. Look at this. Jesus did not give up because of the cross. Can you imagine the cross was no picnic? The cross was brutal. It was humiliating. It was long drawn and it was painful. But he did not give up because of the cross. On the contrary, because of the joy that was set before him. Because of the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Because of the joy that was waiting for him, he thought nothing of the disgrace he didn't think about the cross, its pain, its shame, the disgrace of dying on the cross. And because Jesus hung in there and he thought about what was lying ahead, he is seated at the right hand of God today. He's worthy of worship today. He's back in his usual place today. He's got all of his uh, his power back and his, his status back today because he was willing to humble himself and grit his teeth through that entire process so that he can get to the finish line. You remember Jesus, you remember that it's worth it. When you remember Jesus, you remember that it's worth it. So he says, think of what he went through, how he put up with so much hatred from sinners. He even suffered death due to that hatred. So do not let yourselves become discouraged and don't give up. Don't give up. There is nothing you're going through That's enough or worthy enough to rob you of the reward that God has for you. There's nothing you're going through that comes close to what Jesus went through. So he understands and he knows. And if he did it, you can do it. Because what he has accomplished, he's now accomplishing through you. He's getting it done. The same Holy Spirit is living in you. After you suffer for a short time... Look at that, it's, it's there. God who gives all grace will make everything right. Will make everything right. He will make you strong. He will support you. He will keep you from falling. He called you to share in his glory in Christ, a glory that will continue forever. So what God calls and chooses, he strengthens and he enables Are you listening to me? What God calls and chooses, He and if He's called you, He will strengthen you. He will see you to the finish line. And there's nothing that you're going through or is being thrown at you that can stop you, hinder you, slow you down. As long as you keep free from sin and the entanglements of sin, as long as you stay focused on Jesus, and as long as you remember why you're doing this, God's going to get you through the other end. Don't give up. Don't turn aside. Keep your eyes on Christ and let the times you spend with Jesus every day be the strength-loading times, the refueling times. Remember that you cannot do this separate from him. We talked about this last time. Separate from the vine, you cannot be fruitful and you need to understand that God has given you everything in Christ, in Christ. That's why Christianity is a relationship with Jesus. Because God has packed him chock-a-block with everything you need for, for life. He sent him to earth to have a relationship with you so that in him he gets every resource available to you to hit life between the eyes, to take life on, to take it by the horns as we say. If you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you have not entered into a relationship with him, If you have not chosen him as your life guide, as your Lord, as your master, if you haven't understood that he is the truth that has been revealed to you, it's a person and not a a discovery, it's not a a philosophy, it's not a way of living, it's a person. If you have not understood that he is the way by which God is calling you into his family and in him he has packed every resource available, then today would be the right day for you to stop everything, stop all the criticisms, stop all the doubting and say, Jesus, I believe. Jesus, I believe. Today, I give you my life. Today, I give you the rest of my life. Today, I acknowledge you for who you are. Help me understand you more better. But as of now, I have enough. I know enough. I know that I need to believe in you. Today, quote the date. Quote the day. And call it your day. The day you received Jesus Christ. I hope that you will do that. And I hope that you will have the courage to tell me that you did that because I and my calling in life is to enable and strengthen you and to walk you through in knowing him better you can't do this alone you can't do this alone you need Jesus and you need people around you you can't do life on your own and you can't run this race on your own you've got to run with people there's an old African proverb that says if you want to run fast, run alone but if you want to run far, run with people you need people with you so get with the body of Christ acknowledge Christ and acknowledge his people and start your journey start your journey all you have to do is say the simple prayer Lord Jesus there's so much I don't understand I'm new to this whole thing I haven't really given it full thought but my heart compels me to make a decision my heart compels me to believe so I'm gonna jump, Lord. And if you're real, grab me. If you're real, reveal yourself to me. If you are who you are and what you claim to be, if you really have all the answers for my life, and the plans for my life are perfect. If you really loved me as much as you say you have, then Lord, I'm jumping, I'm believing. Lord, grab me, get me into your arms, and let's start a life together. Jesus, I'm ready. break off the entanglements I'm ready to say no to the sins in my life I'm ready to turn around I'm ready to 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 simplify my life I'm ready to focus on you take my eyes all of the others that I have been doing so far and walk with you the rest of my life for you Jesus I give it to you I'm so glad you made that commitment today and I really hope that you'll have the courage to to share it with me Thank you so much. Let me pray for all of us. Lord, let this word sink into our hearts and find a place to grow and be fruitful. I ask you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi, I'm Jeremy Dawson. And if you liked what you just saw, if it was a blessing, then hit the subscribe button. Come on, you can do it. Hit the subscribe button, uh, hit the bell so that we know you want to hear from us. Lots of videos coming your way, songs, worship, encouragement. Come on, subscribe. Let's take this forward and share with somebody you might know. Write a comment in the section below. But let's see you guys again. Come on, subscribe.